I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for listening to the Covino and Rich podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Covino and Rich at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. All right, a Wednesday, but likely a Friday for most people out there as the Thanksgiving holiday is on the horizon. Welcome in, Monty and I sitting in for Cavino and Rich. Happy Wednesday, Monty. Happy Wednesday. I don't know what day it is. Thank goodness you said that it was a day before Thanksgiving because I've lost track of time. It's definitely not Friday for me, but I'm so excited to be here. I see we still have that woman moaning. Can we change that once again? <laughs> Cavino and Rich, can we change that? I don't uh, I don't like, come on. <laughs> I can't. We are broad- broadcasting live from the Tyrek.com studios. Tyrek.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrek.com, the way tire buying should be. Uh, a lot to get to. Today is a huge, huge day when it comes to American history. And I'm curious how it affects you out there. We're going to get to that coming up later on in the show. Uh, speaking of history, LeBron James continues to make history. Mm-hmm. Monty, you're dumbfounded by what LeBron James is doing right now. I just can't. It's I'm not dumbfounded, but I am surprised. What year is this? Like 37 for him? I just did not expect him to come out so hot so soon. But, I mean, I guess he has to do it, right? No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Yes, uh, I plus, get it. <laughs> fans are stupid. Fans are dumb. The fans are a lot of fans are dumb. But you know who else is stupid and dumb? Who? 
Nick Sirianni, oh, the head coach of the Philadelphia yes. Eagles. I know those are very <laughs> harsh words that is getting very, very personal for the Eagles head coach. But I'm telling you, it, like, there is something about him. And I don't know if it's just selective uh, attention spanning by me, but usually when Nick Sirianni is in the news, it's not a great thing. His opening day press conference when he was introduced as the Eagles head coach was weird. My lasting image of Super Bowl 57 him was crying. his court. No. <laughs> Oh, okay, sorry. Maybe, maybe that second uh, was was his quarterback trying to calm him down, trying to tell him to settle down because of an instant replay call that went against the Chiefs and went in the Eagles' direction. And Sirianni is talking trash to the Chiefs players. Jalen Hurts is like, "All right, coach. All right, settle down. Yeah, okay, good here." And now, <laughs> and now, after a win on on Monday that I don't think anybody thought was revenge for Super Bowl 57. This is Nick Sirianni walking into the tunnel at Arrowhead Stadium after his team beat the Chiefs 21 to 17. Okay. <laughs> I, I got to translate because he wasn't mic'd up, but uh, basically the see ya. I don't hear bleep from you anymore, Chiefs fans. See you later. Nick Sirianni, peace out. And it is just, I was hoping, I was just hoping in my wildest dreams, Monty, that when I said, here was Nick Sirianni, that it was all a bad dream and it was just dead silence like a head coach should have walking off the field. Right. But no, Nick Sirianni is too busy putting his foot in his mouth, trying to tell the Chiefs fans, to shut up after they won a regular season game that likely in the grand scheme of things doesn't mean too much. And it, it feels like he's he's got this vendetta that it was a bit of revenge, and it's the fact that he doesn't realize that it does nothing, absolutely nothing to erase what happened last February in Arizona, but he still cannot help himself. I just got a huge problem with it. I agree. I would not like this if this was my coach, act like you've been there before. Act like this is nothing for you. It was a Monday night football game where if one person would have made a catch, you might have not won. You didn't even dominate this game. I, I don't get it. It's like, please pretend that that you're too cool. Like, I, I'd rather you be too cool for school than you get this emotional. I don't like it, especially because it's not one time – as you just mentioned, your quarterback had to tell you to calm down. Act like you've been there before, bro. This was a Monday night football game. This was not a revenge game at all. In the grand scheme of things, like you just said, this might not matter at all. And again, it was just one dropped pass would have made the difference. And you're could, over here talking your smack. Come on, could dude. You, could you imagine Steve Kerr walking <laughs> off the court, you know, saying, you know, you know, <laughs> take that, sons. Yeah, take you know, that. <laughs> yep. Darvin Ham, you know, going over to the Jazz fans last night. I know it wasn't. I mean, they won by thirty, so he wouldn't have this emotion. But seeing seeing a kid sitting there with a Carl Malone jersey and Darvin Ham going up into his face, how do you like that? Like that? Like that doesn't happen. It doesn't no. happen like that. No. And and, and to to have. There's there's something about there there's something about Tumati that just 
really makes me makes me wonder. I get the competitive nature of it. Right. But the Chiefs do have the last laugh. Right. Because three hallways down, they've got the Super Bowl trophy that you don't have. And so that like that's that's the the part of it. Like if a player wants to say something because they were being heckled by fans all night or somebody was getting on AJ Brown's case or Devontae Smith and they wanted to mouth off to the fans, I actually think some of that stuff at times is fun and playful. Agreed. Just don't want to cross any lines. Of course. But for the for the what's supposed to be the adult in the room exactly. is not the adult in the room. And I don't want to get dramatic and say that I think that this could hold the Eagles back. I don't want to sit there and, and make up a story and this is something that is the reason why the Philadelphia Eagles aren't going to win a Super Bowl. But I will tell you this. It's not a good sign when your coach still hasn't learned a lesson. Like, they still haven't gotten to the point. Like, their only thing that they should be happy with this season is getting back to the Super Bowl and winning it. And just sticking a sock in the mouth of the Kansas City Chiefs just tells me that maybe your priorities are in the wrong spot, that maybe your attention to detail and where it needs to be. It wasn't like they dominated the win either. As you said, if MVS makes the catch, there is no talking. I just don't see any of the other 31 head coaches around the National Football League doing something like this. On a Monday night football game, maybe at the Super Bowl, right? Like, that's acceptable. And it just shows that, did you not think you were going to win? Because that's what you're acting like. You're acting like you're surprised that you won. And I don't like that. Again, act like you've been there. And you should be setting the example. You should be going into a press conference to discuss the emotion that your players had. But when you're going to get asked why you acted like that, that's not okay. Do you remember when <laughs> NFL head coaches used to fight? Like okay, this so like, fight? No. That oh, <laughs> no. was say, did I miss that? Only, that only happens on like the same sideline. You know what? Yeah. I'll tell you what. There was there was a an interaction with Jim Schwartz and Jim Harbaugh about uh you know a I think a decade ago when Schwartz was at the Lions and Harbaugh was with the 49ers. Uh, Jim Schwartz didn't like the handshake that Jim Harbaugh gave him. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing this. Yes. But, like, Jimmy Johnson and Buddy Ryan had words when Buddy Ryan was the head coach of the Eagles and Jimmy Johnson was the head coach of the Cowboys and Jimmy Johnson thought Buddy's Eagles were taking shots and there may have been bounties to injure Dallas Cowboys and Jimmy Johnson's talking about Buddy Ryan's fat butt running into the locker room. That (laughs) stuff is awesome. Like, that – that stuff is great. Yes. Like that's the drama that I like. It's yeah. it's mano a mano, honestly, with two figures who are on this in the same exact group. They're on the same plane. Yes. There isn't one speaking, you know, over the other. And that's the other part about it is, it's not that Nick Sirianni is a better person than these Chiefs fans. His position just demands more respect yep. to be able to shrug something like that off. And and that is that is bothersome to me. And he just there's never a thing where I'm like, you know what? Good on Nick Sirianni for doing that. That was cool. Anything that pops up just ends up being super annoying. And I don't remember this happening with coaches in in the past in the NFL. That is a good point that it's like you're going against the fans. That's not the same level of playing field. And also, I can only assume that if a fan did respond something you didn't like, you would then have them reprimanded or something. Like, you probably wouldn't like it if a fan told you something or threw something at you in reaction to what you're saying to them. Not the same playing field. I agree. One thing I'm going to throw at you, though, is it because he is the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles? We know Phillies fans. We know that area is 
different than mm-hmm. others. Could that be why he's like this? If he was I, a coach somewhere else, would he still the, be? The, that's what I'm wondering. That the well, I, I think it helps when your team is winning, and uh, obviously he has a role in that. I know exactly what you're saying, though. The Philly fan the, and the yeah, the, the ambiance, the lethal, the lethal tongues that they carry. Yeah. <laughs> like, does he just want to be one of them? Not that it's okay, but that's what that's the only like I'll, I'll give him that. Is I, it because you're the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles? I can't, and you have to match. I can't everything. disagree with that. Like, I, I, I can't. I, I don't know if it's this. I don't think it's a fake persona, right? Like, I don't think that he's putting like he's putting this on, saying like this is what Philly would want to do because yeah. the the interaction that he had with the referees during the Super Bowl. I know you're mic'd up. I know that there's cameras, but you're not thinking about it at that time. You're also the way that he did it with the tunnel, Monty, was where it was like crossing the line into safety right before he walked in. And if anybody was going to throw a cup or a bottle at him, he would walk in and be safe and be protected from the the overhang. But to the point of if he was the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, is he doing this? If he was the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Is he doing this? Yeah, after losing in the AFC championship game. Like, does, you know, and I don't want to use Zach Taylor as the example, but since he is the head coach of, of the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, does Zach Taylor do something like this if they go in and, and win in a regular season game? I don't I don't think so. I don't either. But- I don't either. But then, again, is it is it just like, you just feel the vibe. <laughs> that is Philadelphia. He doesn't do this stuff in press conferences either. No, no. I don't think. I've never seen him do this in a press conference, no. But I, ever, yeah, I just don't like it. <laughs> it it's, it's, I'm trying to think of like the comparison and I, it's like the straight A student whenever somebody else beats him on the one random math test and they are so ticked off. <laughs> And it just fuels them. And then the next test, he gets uh, an A-plus and beats that other kid. And, and he's like, in your face, suck it. You know, like yes, that's, 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 exactly that's the it. level of it of what it is. It's not even it's not even real trash talk. No, it's petty. Yeah. It's I don't petty. Even, some of the Chiefs players even responded to it. I can't re- 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 say what they uh, or read what they said on the air without maybe getting some punishment, but they corny <laughs> was one of the phrases used. It does come off as very corny, lame. Uh, that's why I use dumb and stupid because I think it just comes off dumb and stupid. Yeah. Just in, in trying to do that. And by the way, if there was a rematch, like, like, are you doing, are you doing this in Dallas? It maybe <laughs> is. You doing this to the giants. Are you doing this to the commanders, the teams that you face twice that season? You know, are you doing it that, or are you doing this because you know, the only time that you're going to face the Chiefs again is in a Super Bowl setting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, those are those things. But honestly, I wouldn't think that he would recognize it enough to even do it. I think he just wanted to say what he wanted to say. It's ridiculous, It's though. just I don't like it. If, I, if he was my coach, I would be a little bit embarrassed. Emmett tweets in, Eagles are so lucky to win that game. You should not win an NFL game when your quarterback is 150 yards and an interception and gets sacked five times. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the, the, the scoreboard, they're 9-1. and one. It's a nice win on Monday Night Football, but uh, telling the Chiefs fans to shut up 
It should be the least of Nick Sirianni's worries. Especially when you're not, you're, I know you're nine and one, but you're not as good as you were last year. Your defense is not as good. You have not controlled the games like you did last year. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, what are, what are we celebrating? Just because it's the Chiefs? Maybe it's just because it's the Chiefs. That's that's the it's the only thing. And you mentioned earlier, you said act like you've been, been there. there before. And they have. Like they were there <laughs> this way last year. The other thing that they did differently was they beat the Chiefs when they played them in a game that was a hundred times less important as the one that they played just eight or nine months ago. So that that's that's the only difference. Um, my goodness. Nick Sirianni, uh, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> She's Monty Bolaños. I'm Dan Beyer. In for Cavito and Rich today. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Monty, the moan is here to stay. (laughs) What what can we say? Your Uh, wish shall not be granted. No, not at all. I just, come on, guys. Monty has asked for that groan in the intro to be removed uh, (laughs) for months. Yeah. And yeah. it still it still remains. Yes, I don't get it. I don't get it. 
Maybe we could have Isaac record the moan, and then I would accept that. <laughs> that's yeah. fine. Yeah, that's the solution. <laughs> that's the solution I'm presenting to everybody. Oh, my goodness. Uh, welcome in. Hey, it's an episode of Covino and Rich. Without Covino and Rich, you got Monty and me on this Wednesday as we get you set for Thanksgiving and the Thanksgiving extended weekend and so much more. Yeah, we are broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com will help you get there an unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. So in about 20 minutes, we're going to dive into a conversation. And Jason Stewart is here. Isaac Lohenkron is here. Ryan Smith is here. And aside from us talking about the colonoscopy that we all need to go and schedule and get, <laughs> we are are also in a bit of a different boat than you are, Monsi, yes. just because you're younger than we are. That's right. But today is the 60th anniversary of the assassination of President Kennedy. Mm. And it is... Interesting to me to see how different generations view these landmark moments in our country's history. And and, and we want to hear from you, 877-99-FOX. That's 877-996-6369. We'd love to hear your experience, whether it be in school, which I think is such a big deal because of my age, I'm 46 uh, graduated high school in the mid-90s. The big episode for us was the Challenger explosion. And I think for a lot of a lot of people my age, that is one of the lasting images of, of our schooling. And when you look back at history. But I also remember in going to school, and I feel like the assassination of President Kennedy is handled differently because it was obviously more recent back then. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering now, as it's now the 60-year anniversary, of how different that monumental story was and how it carries on longevity. So I'd love to hear your thoughts, uh, your experiences in school. Obviously, 9-11 was such a, a huge, huge story and just affected the lives of so, so many. But it's different if you're in school, Monty, and you know maybe some people are in college and some people are in their 30s and 40s. I'm just curious on how that goes, and I figure that this conversation, we'd love to hear from you again, 877-99-FOX. It's 877-996-6369. That comes up in about 15 minutes or so. But uh, I just wanted to forewarn you so you could get in line, get in, you know, make the phone calls and share your experiences with us. LeBron James having quite an experience. Now mm. 39,000 points mm. uh, in his career, breaking it last night. It's also the amount the Jazz gave up against the Lakers last <laughs> evening, I think. As the Lakers ended up qualifying for the in-season tournament bracket portion, they won their group, so they now will be in the bracket portion of the in-season tournament. But LeBron James doing his thing once again, nearing a triple-double, played just 24 minutes, but at 17 points, nine assists, seven rebounds. This coming off of the game against the Rockets on Sunday, where they eked out a victory, and he had 37 points, eight assists, and six rebounds. Uh, leaving noted Clippers fan Monsi Bolaños, I don't know, in awe? Does it leave yeah. you gasping? A little bit. It's I, I mean, obviously LeBron is great. He has been great, but you keep hearing like, oh, Anthony Davis is hurt. Oh, this guy's hurt. Oh, that guy's hurt. It doesn't matter. LeBron James is there, and he's going to carry the team at 50 years old. I just was not expecting him to come out 
which with such force he is shooting. I know it's a small sample size because we're still very early in the season, but he's shooting shooting fifty eight percent from the field, forty one percent from the three point line, and as much, I'm so impressed. I know this can't this can't last forever for the Lakers. So that's where I'm holding on. That's what I'm hoping as a Clippers fan. They wanted him to not play as many minutes. I know last night you just mentioned 24 minutes, which is great. I think they would love that, but that's that hasn't been the case. He's averaging 33 minutes a game. That is not what they want. I can't imagine this lasting for the Lakers in the long run, but he is definitely proving to everybody you might not think he's the GOAT. He's the greatest athlete we have ever seen. Ever. Ever. In any sport. In any sport. Because he knows how to manipulate his minutes and get his. Is that? No. It's Don't you think that's a part of it, though? Like, he's been around the game. And I'm, I, I just, you, you, you go to an open gym, all right? There's always the guy who's, you know, in his 40s. And he's 20 years older, 30 years older than everybody there. He gets his buckets. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's, like, LeBron, and I'm not trying to discredit. Well, I, I'm totally discrediting yeah, it by are. saying I am completely pushing it off. I just, I just think he knows how to get his. That he knows how to get. Like last night, did they really need his 17 points and nine rebounds? No, he got his assist. He yeah. got his numbers, and he got what he needed to do to keep his numbers train going. I agree that last night he did not need to do that, and you're right. He knows how to get his. But he still has to do it. We literally have seen players try to play this long, and you can slowly see the decline. He is not declining. That's what's incredible about it. The numbers aren't declining. The numbers are not declining. I mean, his defense, you can argue, is declining unless he feels like a little a little boost of energy and wants to block you on a fast yeah. break. He'll do that. His, de- his defense overall is declining. I just am still impressed because he still has to do it, even though – you know what he's going to do. You know that he can score. He still has to deliver it. Like, just because he can do it doesn't mean he is going to do it. And he can do it, and he is doing it. Now, I do hate how much he complains about the foul calls. I know that the Lakers, like, sent the league a, a letter after one game with specifics onto certain calls that they thought LeBron didn't get. And I'm just like, LeBron, listen, listen, dude. There's no way you're fouled every single time. There's no way. But you think you're fouled every single time. And the truth of the matter is that you are a big dude. How do you want people to play defense on you? They're not just going to stand to the side and let you get whatever you want. They have to play defense on you, and it has to be tough. And if they bump you, they bump you. But they don't foul you every time. And I wish I would – I think he would get more points if he didn't act like that. Act like you've been there, LeBron, because you have been <laughs> don't, there. Don't do a Sirianni. Yeah. Don't you, continue to complain. Don't, or... Come on. Don't continue to complain. And, you know, I still think about that that game against the Boston Celtics where he was fouled after the play. I think Patrick Beverly was, like, showing the picture to the ref after, and they didn't call in the, yes. the, the Celtics one. That is, like, one one exception to all of the calls I'm talking about that you just complain so much and it's like unless they're like hack a shacking you which they're not doing it like that how do you expect people to play defense on you you know there it's goes back to Shaq right like where no matter what Shaq did because he was so massive so massive that whatever he did actually looked like a foul yes. it looked like he did something wrong and so he was officiated unfairly just because of his size right 
to to your point about LeBron, I I still think that that is I think that that is fair. The the complaints of the league people don't want to hear. You know, a complaint to the league they don't want to hear about. No. That's the last thing that they because we already feel that stars get preferential treatment in the, in the NBA, and I think that and you it's would, evident. Yeah, yeah, yes. you'd, you'd be hard pressed to find any evidence to you know. On the contrary, for yeah. what they they end up doing, I just I think your point about for what their goal is, mm. I think it's well put in the in the case of you know, do you need to really go all out against the Rockets? Even though the Rockets, you know, had been playing really good basketball mm-hmm. up at that point, with it being November, isn't there a point that you want to ramp this up to the second half of the of the season? I think all of that is is well and good. I just, you know, like I look at last night as a situation where because you're winning by so much and like you did, er, you know, a couple of games ago as well against uh, against Memphis where, all right, if LeBron had nine points, you know, in a blowout win, is it like, my goodness, LeBron only had nine. Like, I always think that he finds a way to get his. Right, because he and, needs to. Yeah, right. yeah, correct. And yeah. honestly, he can find a way. And and that's actually, it sounds like it's negative, but there's also a compliment with that, that he's been around so long he can get his points. Yeah. He knows how the game works. It's like senior year in college. You knew what classes I had to attend, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. Because I had yeah. messed up the other three years, but by senior year, <laughs> I knew I had to be there on this day. It's the same thing with him. Like, I, it's, he knows how, uh, how to, to get around it. And I, I, I do feel that I'm guilty of being a prisoner in the moment where I think you're appreciating what he's doing. I I think 10 years from now, we'll probably be saying what you're saying. I think that 20 years from now, we'll definitely be saying it because we'll look back and we'll see it on paper. But we A, take it for granted right now for how good he is. And I, I don't know why, because like the game against Phoenix, granted, it wasn't the big three, but it was like he has delivered this, again, a small sample size, what, 15, 16 games in, I, I, I believe so. There have been games, and the Phoenix Suns, because I was watching that game, it was like, he was like, not, he was scoring when it mattered. He was hitting a three when it mattered. It's not, like, last night doesn't count. That's not what I'm impressed by, by last night. Mm. But against the Suns, needed he needed to play like that, and he did it. Against the Clippers, the Clippers were in it. We had won, like, 27 in a row. I don't remember, but now we lost. So there goes that banner. But, like, <laughs> I just, like, he, he is delivering in clutch moments. And I just am like, dude, can you not? You are old. Sit down. But he's not sitting down. He's doing it. I, I, I'm just, I, I can't believe it. I'm, I'm, in, I, I'm giving him his flowers before everybody else. If he was doing this in February, would your opinion change? I mean, and, and the reason I ask it that way is because we expect him to ramp up for the playoffs. Right. That's what they hope. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if he does, if he is able to still do this, like I'm going to assume he'll he'll dip off. Right. Maybe in the middle of the season a little bit. And let's say he picks it back up in February. I, I'm going to be even more impressed. I, I just don't I don't see how this can last. The there's reason, no way. Yeah. And I think that there's something to that, because honestly, if he wasn't getting his now, we would start to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. All right. This is now the Lakers are to that point. Yeah. There also may be a point where the Lakers need him to do this right now, right? Yes, I yeah, mean, with the, the injuries, yeah, yeah, you know, and and so that's a that's a question. What I what I find funny in all of this, or what interesting, is you know, last night they win their group as we mentioned, and then they go in that's the in season in season tournament, 
And I, I just, if they would win this thing, I actually think it would be a negative for LeBron. Why? Like, because I don't think that we think it's a legitimate trophy. Well. It, and and this is, I, I, it may not be the right thing. And I think that the NBA has good intentions. I think that the NBA needs a certain winner in all of this, in this in-season tournament, to validate what they've done. And I don't think the Lakers are one of those teams because I think that I, I actually think it would be mocked by many. So I funny, I actually think if the Lake, maybe, maybe it's the Laker fan base I'm thinking of, and it's a big one across the U S not just here in LA. I feel that if they win this, they're, they are going to hold on to it and they're going to soak it up and they're going to use it uh, to, to argue that the Lakers are great, what, even what, if they what, don't win the championship. What's a better accomplishment? Western Conference Finals or winning the in-season tournament? Well, obviously the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah especially for a franchise that won 17 titles. Right, right. So now all of a sudden you put this funky new trophy next to the Larry O'Brien trophy. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's honestly, it's like if you're in Kansas City right now, are you really buying a Chiefs AFC West champion? chip t-shirt yeah no all of those are silly even in baseball when you win like the division and yeah, they have these shirts yeah. out like it's silly that is what this is that's what you think the in-season tournament is yeah do. yeah but, but what if okay so you're saying like if the orlando magic win <laughs> different story you think it's good for them you think they think put up a banner for them i think it, the pacers clinched last night i yes. think it's good for them it, okay. it puts the spotlight on a team that hey maybe this team is good in Playoff atmosphere, you know, in a playoff atmosphere, okay. a bracket atmosphere. Uh -huh. Maybe this team is is coming up. I would even argue, Monty, that if the Nuggets won the in-season tournament, it would be good for the NBA. Okay. Because you're saying, look, they were the best team in the NBA, and they just proved it again now. They are the cream of the crop. But if the Lakers, if the Warriors, if the Suns, if the Bucks, if the Celtics end up winning this in-season tournament, I think we will have the thought of, yeah, show me in May and June. What if what if the teams you just mentioned, what if they end up winning the championship? Would then that not matter? Then would it like validate it because they also won the championship? <sighs> no, I don't think it would. Oh, Dan I is just against the in-season tournament. I, not completely. If, <laughs> if all of a sudden the Rockets, you know, ended up making their way and, and had this great run, it's a team to watch for. But okay. it's... It just – I think that there are certain teams with it. And that's why I thought, like, the clinching last night of the Lakers and Pacers, this could be everything for the Pacers. Yeah. I mean, considering, you know, the, the group that they've got there, they're playing good basketball, you can prove stuff and say, hey, look out for us in April and May. But if LeBron goes and wins this and throws on an in-season tournament hat and T-shirt – People are going to be like, "Come on, bro! You know, like, what are we doing here? You, you know, you've got, you've got four rings already. What is, what is an in-season tournament going to do?" Yeah, I know. I would was... he be, yeah, would he be playing seventeen minutes? You know, in a, <laughs> in a playoff game. Right, 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 right. I get, I get what you're saying. I get it. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on... 
the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Covino and Rich here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. That's Monty Bolaño sitting in for the guys today. As today's show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. You can find Monty at Monty Bolaños. Hit me up at Dan Beyer on Fox on Twitter, if you will. Yeah, I may have to step away and fight with our uh, technical producer, Dan. So uh, if you... If you don't hear me respond, it's because I'm fighting with Ryan Smith. Just oh, why so is that? Know. Because What's, he's what? being a hater. I'm over here enjoying his music, you know, fresh and so clean, and he's being a hater. No one wants to see you dance. No, don't look at me. Look at uh, look at Jason. We probably have yeah, video Monty, footage I'm, of this. Yeah, I'm sorry. Jason. I thought I thought you were having some sort of allergic All right, reaction. Isaac, <laughs> don't, no empeces. Isaac ran for the seizure. first aid Hi. kit. Isaac, you already upset me before the show, so let's not. Let's not. I was getting you motivated. You're welcome. I actually, I'm very surprised of how much Spanish you know. I'm not going to lie. Thank you. That was, I what? was very impressed, actually. <laughs> what did Isaac do before the show? Well, he thought I couldn't hear him, but he was, you know, saying that he can't stand me and whatnot. No, I didn't That's, say that. I just said, oh, I have to pretend to like Monsi for the next two hours. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. And then I went off on a Spanish, you know, tangent, and then he started responding to me in Spanish, and I was like, oh, perdóname, es squeeze, I didn't know. <laughs> I was, I Isaac, was impressed. Yeah, Isaac will surprise you. He will. Really? Notice how yeah. I totally distracted her from getting revenge on Ryan? Yes. No, I had to jump in, defend him. He doesn't need to be defended. He's Isaac, a big man. Isaac followed me once in an anchor shift, and then he yelled, shut up, Bayer fans. <laughs> Who's talking now? 
And so I thought it was very, very rude. Yeah, I, I just thought rude is. I just thought of an amazing um, Spanish alliteration, and you tell me if I'm right on this, Monsi okay. and Isaac. Go ahead, Isaac. We could do a, Go ahead, Danny G. We could do a segment called "Bailamos with Balanos." Yes. Do you know that Jonas likes to play Enrique Iglesias "Bailamos" to introduce me, and then we have we sing it together. Oh, perfect. Bolaños, let the update take you over, Bolaños. Ah, there it is. There you go. I don't want to rain on your parade, but uh, we also used that song five years ago for John Ramos. I don't care. So, Who's yeah. Who's so, Who is that? Yes. That's so five John years Ramos. ago. That's so... Doesn't matter anymore. He, cho- <laughs> he chose to not be here. They can play uh, that at the softball games. <laughs> Uh, that is Isaac Lohengrin. Jason Stewart is producing the show. Ryan Smith is our technical producer. I didn't do the starting lineups uh, today. Um, I completely glossed over it. So uh, people on social media are like, "Who's in?" It's just a new. It's a new O line, just like the Jets. It's a new, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Emmett tweeted in. He's like, "Danny G's producing." I'm like, "How does he know?" Because he's not. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's not. Uh, we've got you fooled here at Fox Sports Radio. Just like the NFL has you fooled. Mm. Week in and week out, they think that you are watching a top-level product. Not only that, they are bragging about how NFL games end up being 49 out of the top 50 programs watched on primetime TV in any given year, usually only outdone by the Oscars. And the Oscars usually comes in at like 27th place. That's what the NFL does, hyping their ratings, just like happened on Monday night with the Eagles-Chiefs matchup against, or uh, that ended up breaking a record since 1996. I think that was held. That was the last time they had uh, more than 29 million viewers to watch a game. It was a Cowboys-Packers Monday night game in the mid-90s that got 31 and a half viewers on Monday night football. So Eagles-Chiefs, uh, a must-watch, and... Honestly, the game that you're going to get on Thursday between the Commanders and Cowboys will be the highest-rated game of the season, and very likely the Lions-Packers game will be the second-highest-rated game of the season. just always happens on Thanksgiving. So you're like, if everybody's watching this, it's got to be awesome, right? (laughs) Tom Brady doesn't think so. You'll hear from him in a sec. Aaron Rodgers doesn't think so either. And two NFL legends... Aside from Brady and Rodgers have now chimed in on this. Let's hear how this conversation all started. Tom Brady talking this week on the Stephen A. Smith podcast. I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. I think the coaching isn't as as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. Now, Shannon Sharp and Chad Johnson on their Nightcap podcast had this to say about Brady's comments. These guys throw the ball over the middle, and then they get mad at the defensive player for knocking him out. No. They they reaching up with one hand. They pretty posing and looking good and looking cute. Yeah, okay. Okay. (laughs) The NFL NFL has handicapped the game of football. It has handicapped players that play on defense to a point to where they can't even tackle. Everything is a flag. Everything is a foul of some sort. They are finding players ridiculous amounts of money for playing the game of football that we were taught from yay high on how to play. 
Now, that was Chad Johnson speaking uh, most recently there, and I actually agree with something he says, but we don't agree for the same reason. And I do want to hear from Aaron Rodgers, who had this to say about mediocrity in the NFL. If I'm looking at this from a real big picture, like there's a softening of society that, uh, oh, that has definitely yeah. caused uh, things like this. Look at all the sports. You know what happened to hockey? Hockey is not doesn't have the enforcer position Whoa. anymore. Why? Because we need the fighting out of hockey. It's too violent. Oh, stage. You know, and people don't want to see the violence on TV. I think people want to see football be a collision sport. Um, and not, you know, to where guys are getting mangled on the field, but they enjoy the big hits. And there's certain players who you just knew were big hitters and would push, you know, push the line of what's a cheap shot and, and what's a legit hit. And that was Rogers on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, do you buy into any of their uh, conversations. Do you think the product is mediocre, Monty? I mean, it's hard to not agree with them for a couple of reasons. It has nothing to do with the fact that scoring has declined for the fourth consecutive season. I, I don't think it's about the scoring. The the defensive players, I watched, you know, videos or games from the past, and with the eye test, you could see how it's changed. And now I find if I was a defensive player, I'm like, okay, I can't hit too low because they're going to throw a flag if I go too low. I can't go too high, they're going to throw a flag. So I have to hit in the middle exactly and hope that this person doesn't shift midair. Like, I, I find it so hard to be a defensive player right now. And I think if it was because the defense was so good and that's why the scoring was down and games were still exciting, it would be different. But it looks like a different game than it was 10 years ago. I, had, I I empathize with defenders in trying to figure out what's attacker. I would not know not. how to defend, uh, literally. Uh, yeah, I totally I totally get that. I completely understand. But what I find interesting with Rogers' take, and I don't think that Tom Brady was saying as much about what Rogers was saying. Yeah. Although Brady did say like I couldn't throw the ball over the middle because I didn't want to get my players hurt. There's also a thing that these guys aren't talking about. And to me, it's how much the game is slanted towards the quarterback. Yes. And when you have a quarterback of the ilk of a Tom Brady level or an Aaron Rodgers level or of a Patrick Mahomes sort of level, it tips the tables in a, in a way that is very difficult to overcome. Mm. Everything else to me may not be 50-50, but it's it's all it, it's all somewhat negligible. Where all right, maybe this receiver is better than this one, or this defensive line. It, it, this team has an edge on the defensive line. It's the gap that you get with quarterback. And the point that I bring up in Super Bowl twenty five, the New York Giants went and beat the Buffalo Bills, the first of their four Super Bowl losses, with Jeff Hostetler as their backup quarterback. Now, to think that a backup quarterback. Uh, outside of San Francisco, could do what Jeff Hostetler did, is crazy. And it's why I think San Francisco is actually playing a different game than maybe the 31 other teams in the NFL because they aren't so dependent on their quarterback. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think it takes a hit. Like there was, there was a stat that I saw on Twitter this week that we had four games in the NFL that were nearing uh, an under of 36 or less. And if that happened, it would have been the first time in over 16 years where we had that. Now, some of those under over-unders moved up a little bit, but we're talking about over-unders here, 35, 34, 36 in that range. 
And we have four games. That's 25% of the league mm-hmm. this week that is going to be playing bad football. And that is, that's the problem that I see is when you have to play Tommy DeVito because he's your starting quarterback, when you can't figure it out in New England, when you have to have Jake Browning come in and be your starter because Joe Burrow's done for the year, it's those spots where I look at it and say, there's just too much weight on the quarterback's position shoulders because your fortunes fluctuate whether your quarterback is healthy or not healthy. And the 49ers, tip of the cap to them for doing this, being able to navigate it last year without a Trey Lance, without a Jimmy Garoppolo, and then they find a diamond in the rough in, in Brock Purdy. They were able to navigate that, but look at how good they are in other spots. In other teams, I think they're so dependent on the quarterback that that's why we get the mediocrity that we do. I think injuries are a big part of it. It's like you've changed the game to make it safer, and I feel like there's so many injuries this season. So then why are we making it safer if it's not doing that? And with the quarterback situation, I don't think I saw this from Mahomes like three years ago, four years ago, but I swear every time he gets hit, he is looking for the flag. It's like he's looking for the foul. Instead Mm -hmm. of going for the play, he gets hit and immediately looks at the refs. And I don't like that. You yeah. I, every single time, and like you just said, it's because it's Patrick Mahomes. Because I don't see all other quarterbacks do that. Every single time they get hit, they look, they throw their hand up, they're expecting the flag. But Patrick Mahomes is doing it more and more. But it's just kind of like, what is the point of changing this game if I don't see it benefiting injury-wise? It's it, Maybe it's the only way the Chiefs can get 15 yards downfield because they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like, it's – and th- that's that's the that's another part of it. Like, as you said, like, the Chiefs – the Chiefs' offense right now is not what it once was. No, not even One of the reasons is, is because they weren't willing to give Tyreek Hill the amount of money that he wanted. So guess what? Now their offense takes a hit, and it's not that Patrick Mahomes is the highest-paid – player in the National Football League, but he still makes, you know, a decent amount of money. Mm-hmm. And, I, and and so when you have this, when you have this parody in the National Football League, Monty, but yet you have to pay quarterbacks, you know, this much money, it hurts everything else. It puts even more emphasis on it. And now Patrick Mahomes is looking around being looking, looking for any edge because yeah. that's the only thing that he's got going, you know, got going for him right now. Yeah, it really does seem like your window is when you have a very young quarterback that's good and you're not paying him because you could pay everybody else. Mm-hmm. And here and then, we are, yeah. And then what happens when Brock Purdy's going to want his new contract, <laughs> whenever that is, with the San Francisco 49ers, figuring out, a, you know, figuring out a way to do it? Maybe it's Tom Brady also saying, in a way, Monty, look, I took less. Yes, every single year. Yes, and we, that's it's how we stayed on top of our game when mm-hmm. everybody else is trying to run and 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 get paid, and we're in this player empowerment. You know, the the players should go and get as much money as they can. Well, they can only get so much, right? You know, because there's <laughs> there is a cap that you have to deal with, and so when that is all put, it's this equation that ends up, I think, spitting out mediocrity, mm-hmm. and it's it's even different than it was five years ago like I would look at the 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 Kansas City Chiefs when they lost to the Patriots in the AFC championship where we thought that the Chiefs won but there was the offsides call on D Ford and uh so the the Patriots got new life and and then ended up winning that was when the Patriots ended up going to Super Bowl the Super Bowl scoring 13 points when the Rams only had three but even if you go back to that point I think that Chiefs team 
that year, even with a better Mahomes in five years of, of what he's got under his belt, was better than this Chiefs team this year. And here this Chiefs team is having problems week after week after week. Yet if you look at the NFL playoff picture, there's Kansas City, one of the top seeds in the National Football League. I don't disagree, and yeah. It's it's just, to me, like the team five years ago was better than the Chiefs team that we've got right now. And their no questions asked. In the standings. Yeah, are, are no different than they once were. Yeah, it's the eye test. You don't even have to look at the numbers. You could just mm-hmm. watch the game, and you see it. But you know why we do, you know why we don't recognize it, or why we don't see it? Why? Betting and fantasy football. And that yeah. It's, it's yep. The, yep. Why why were you watching Vikings Broncos on Sunday night? Not for the field goal fest that it was. Yeah, no, I needed to see if uh, Alexander Madison was going to do anything. (laughs) I needed to know if Cortland Cortland Sutton was going to catch another touchdown. Yes. Yeah, that's the only reason. It's it's the lipstick on the pig. (laughs) I mean, it truly is. Like, it is fantasy football and betting on games covers it all up. I I would also say this. And and I know that not everybody plays fantasy football, and I understand that people don't bet all the time. But if you're a diehard fan of a team that is not good right now, say the Giants, say the Patriots, say the, the Panthers, mm-hmm. Cardinals, ooh, even going that low. Even going but that it, low. <laughs> do you really have an interest out, you know, of what is going on? Like, can you sit down and be entertained by a full day of NFL football? And – I think that if you if you took all of those pieces out, I think you'd have a tough time being entertained. Of course, there's no way. I'm watching the Panthers because I want to see what Adam Thielen is going to do. <laughs> not, not because You're of Bryce one. Young. It's I'm literally watching that game. If I didn't have Thielen, I don't think I would care what the Panthers are going to do. But it's it it is crazy how that is what's keeping people hooked. In yeah. in the this the the game that you see matchups and you're like, why would I watch this? Why? Am I going to take a tequila shot every time there's a field goal? That was that'd be the only thing that entertains me at sure. that point, you know. And I might yeah, be absolutely. dead by the end of it. Absolutely, and you know they they the NFL chose not to flex out a Packers Chiefs game at Lambeau on Sunday night in Week 13, and it's because it's the Chiefs, and it's mm-hmm. because it's Patrick Mahomes and the power that you give the quarterback. And you know what's going to happen is you're going to be watching that, and you're going to be watching that 24 to 10 game. <laughs> Wondering if AJ Dillon is going to be able to get any Colt goal line carries if the Packers get down. Like that's that's the stuff that ends up happening, and yeah. that's that's the lipstick on the pig with the National Football League. So Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Ocho Cinco, Shannon Sharp. I may not agree with their reasons, but we're all in the same boat on why the NFL is right now mediocre. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. 
And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.